Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome, everybody, to another Dr. Drew After Dark. We appreciate you being here. Of course, we appreciate all the great questions you're sending in. They've been fantastic. Send them in to drdrewafterdark at gmail, D-R-D-R-E-W, after dark. And the voice messages, which have been spot on, 818-253-1693, 818-253-1693. And let's get right to my guest, Ryan Sickler. Ryan, welcome. Thank you. Thank good, you for having me. Good to have you. Congratulations to be on here. Honeydew. Thank you. It's fantastic. I would love for you to come on. I'm going to. Don't you worry. I saw Christina last week. It was hysterical. I think it would be really empowering for people to hear you talk about the times you really felt like a honeydew and we laugh about it. I feel like a honeydew. I I have very low self-esteem, so it's really easy for me to go right there. You're in comedy. It makes sense you have low (laughs) self-esteem. But I've always been of the opinion. See, esteem gets set about age five, right? Your esteem just goes, it's just like there's two settings. It's positive or it's negative like it's a valence and some people have a lot of positive some people have a lot of negative i had a lot of negative uh and it gets set through all the childhood stuff as usual and it made me work hard you know it was sort of an asset through my life now it was troubling until i went to therapy because i actually felt bad in addition to having low self-esteem now i have low self-esteem and i don't care you know right. what i mean yes it's like I don't give yes a shit. yes and so yes. so low self-esteem is just an orientation now that checks me. In other words, if something bad happens, my immediate impression is, well, I must have something to do with this. So what did I do? What can I do better? Blah, 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 blah. It's just, which is great. I have no problem with that. Where it becomes a liability is sort of the opposite of the Dunning-Kruger effect. You ever heard of Dunning-Kruger? No. Dunning-Kruger, have I talked about that before here on the show? Yeah, I think yeah. Well, we talked about it. Yeah, Dunning-Kruger is sort of a, it's a, Dr. Dunning and Dr. Kruger observed that came up with this model. Uh, it's sort of a cognitive distortion that allows people to do things like get up on American Idol and sing like shit and say, aren't I great? Isn't that great? <laughs> but it, they actually believe they're they great believe, or they're doing it for the attention. They believe they're okay. great. Okay. Uh, I have the opposite of that, which is the imposter effect, which is you can know a lot and feel like I really don't know that much. And because What's I have... What's in between that? Because I feel like that's where in I... In between is healthy. Yeah. In, in between is good. Oh, okay, good. good. Uh, uh, but the imposter, it, 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 it works against me because... I always assume that if I can do something or if I know something, hey, it's me that knows it, so everybody must know it. It's like if I know it, certainly everybody else knows it. And that can make me look um, sort of not arrogant so much as just sort of, I guess, arrogant. Dismissive. Dismissive yeah. or sort of where I should be like trying to explain something to people. I'm just like, yeah, you got Let it. Here fun goes Dr. Drew. Yeah, yeah, it's like, he's Is like, that yeah. what you're worried about that? No, don't worry about it. It's just I have to be careful because if I'm trying to get something across to people, I want them to get it i don't as opposed not to feel me, like you're just as fucking, opposed to me going you get it you know yeah, it's right. like i know it so you know it it's like it's like no 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 so tell me about you uh you grew up where baltimore i'm originally from baltimore uh grew up out in the county after a while uh come from split divorced parents so how old were you when them they split well fifth grade after fifth grade well they were falling apart by third grade ish and, and by falling apart, what was happening? Uh, my mom was cheating on my dad, mm. and it all came out in the wash. What happened? Um, by the way, I'm a twin. Just want to throw it in there. Oh, know identical uh, or? Fraternal. Yeah. Um, male, male or female? Uh, male. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So let's see, what'd you ask? What happened? What, so, I mean, how'd that come out? My dad was uh, worked for Pan Am, was a crew chief at uh, National Airport, Ronald Reagan now, back mm-hmm. then, uh, commuting from Baltimore, you know, no cell phones, none of that stuff yeah. back then. My mom was a stay-at-home mom um, who got bored and took a job at a convenience store in close to the area where we lived. She got bored, but she had how many kids? Three kids. And just... <laughs> Yeah. Decided to work we'll, at a, I'll work at a package we'll, store. We'll work get, at a packy. We'll get there, Doug. <laughs> okay, we'll right. get there. I'll probably be laying down on this table in <laughs> fucking ten minutes. Um, so <laughs> she takes this job, ends up meeting this man there, older man there that worked what, there. But I'm wondering if that already wasn't happening. I, you it's know, kind of a weird thing to leave three kids to work at a package store. It's it's Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, it's exactly what yeah. it was like a local one. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so. Uh, this happens and my she explains that they're friends at first which is now again keep in mind you're getting this from the mind of a kid from third to fifth grade this is what i was why, why are you even in because you overheard their conversation overheard the yeah. yelling and the okay. fighting yeah okay. it wasn't kept secret at right. that point you know they both lost their shit really right, right. um so we're gathering and we're also talking to our grandmoms and they're giving you you know they're giving you a little bit but not you'll know when you're older you know when you're uh. older um which is uh, exactly because everyone's fucking dead now so i don't know shit you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's why you don't hold that shit close you know what i'm saying <laughs> you got the fucking life secret you took with you and by the way you're fifth grade i mean you could understand what oh, the hell's going we on we knew what was yeah. going on yeah. yeah and um so they end up uh it, my, you know she's taking us to his house all this oh, shit. oh yeah. no and my they split they they finally uh split um they, now they drinking or using or anything this is what's crazy so Full circle, I've just reconnected with my mother after 25 years, yeah. and things are things are good uh, where they're at right now. With, their, with you and she? Yes. Where they're at. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I said that, because I've gone to therapy for years yeah. for shit, and I said to her, every therapist has asked that same question, were you using, you know, and uh, she's like, I wasn't. And I said, I, I've always said, I don't think you were. What about him? Which makes it crazy. Well, now he- my dad wasn't not not a drinker, not drugs huh. or anything. He died when I was sixteen. Uh, were they so. extra young or something? They were. Let's see. He died. It's 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 little bit. It's a little bit crazy that when when things are a little bit crazy, you just go, oh, somebody's using here. Somebody's doing something. That's yeah. what you say, right? And um, I or, sat and talked to her. I had asked or asked young. Every question. Very very young. They were young. They weren't very. I mean, today by today's standards, I would say they were. But in the seventies, so what? I'm born seventy three. He's 42 when I died, so minus 16, 32, 26. When, and when they get married? When they had kids. They were married just before that, 25. and they were not expecting okay. to have twins. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure. I wish my father was here now because I've always wanted to ask him, like, how the fuck did you do two of these oh, at the I, same I time? You know, yeah, I know. It's it blows insane, me away. Yeah. And, um, you know, the story goes they wanted children so badly. They, they weren't having trouble. My mom took fertility pills. Boom. Next thing you know, fraternal twins. Mm. Um, I'm sure that put a burden on everything. Oh, my God. Yes, of course. And, you know, I asked her straight up what it was. And she'll, she'll still tell me, like, I said, I, I've asked so many questions. Like, you cheated on that with this old dude. Like, I go, you know, I've never wanted to give you any credit, but you were an attractive. You could have done so. If you were going to do that, you could have done, done better. so much better for yourself, you say? know? And she, the best way I can sum up this conversation that lasted for hours was 
I didn't get everything I wanted, but I got everything I needed out of that. Now, she wouldn't own up to all of it. She said, I don't remember this. I don't remember that, but I know you're telling the truth. I've listened to you on podcast. You say the same thing the same way. I know you're not lying. I don't remember it, but I know you're telling the truth. That's what I got out of that. I don't, I'm not quite. To I'm not anything quite I asked. Why, why did you cheat so, on so, dad? So, Where, you so know. anything you asked, you got an honest response, but 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 what? But a smoke screen? I I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if psychologically she has, you know, repressed it truthfully, or if she just doesn't want to look at me and say I was a terrible mom. You know, I don't know if she wants to eat that shit. Sam, what does she say? She does say she was. You know, now she says like I get it. I was terrible. Oh, she says it. But she's like, I don't remember that. I don't remember leaving you kids alone. I don't remember letting you fend for yourself. I don't remember beating oh. you. I don't remember these things. But I believe you when you say they happen. That's see. the response I get. I get it. Why'd you cheat on that? I don't know. You don't know. You were unhappy. I was unhappy. Okay. But to me, going into my therapy, an older dude like that seems to be... Dad, yeah. Man, of course. Of yeah. course. Did, and does she get copped any of that? Well, the funny thing is that um, we spoke... And by know, the older dude is probably like your age at the time. No, he was he was older. He was probably in his... He's gray hair, well in the gray hair. Well, shit, I got gray hair now. I do, too, yeah. yeah. So he's probably, he probably. Could've, could've I want to say you're right about that, <laughs> but I think I'd say I'd say fifth, mid fifties, late fifties, not that old. But when you're it's younger than thirty me. something, yeah. you know. So, um, I forgot where we were. So we were saying, you know, her dad stuff. Does she yeah, cop to that? Thank you. One of my favorite games is what were we just talking I, about? I got that so, game you know. all the time. Um, so. I'm walking her through the layouts of every home we've ever lived in, you know, from the time I was four years old. And she's like, you're hundred percent right. Yes, 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 yes. To everything she remembers. So she says nothing, but then she goes to but tell remembers me the, the layout to the houses. No, this was me. She did yeah. confirm them. Yeah, yeah. She did remember those. But then she tells me this story about her, uh, a day with her dad in, <clears throat> excuse me, an incredible detail. She was nine, maybe in the car, like all these wonderful things. And I just let her keep going. But the whole time I'm thinking, what a, first of all, what a great story and what a great thing to hear from someone who's never even fucking given you any acknowledgement. But how the fuck do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And you don't remember any of this. And this was a good memory or a bad memory? For her, it was a really good memory, and, and, a and cherished memory. And it, and it stood was, out as the only good memory or? It stood out. It may have been the only memory yeah, from yeah. what I gather, right. but it was a, a positive one. Um so what were they doing they were just running around doing errands or something mm -hmm. he was taking her somewhere and they were just having a really good time yeah. and probably got her ice cream or whatever right right right. isn't that weird how that I, I have one of those memories about my dad too strangely it's weird how those memories stick yeah huh. so uh they split um my dad at the time goes and lives with my grandmom his mom and then we go with my mom for one year and this is you and your twin brother and my young and i have a younger brother too it's almost three four boys years. three boys yeah boy. yep. so um we of course want to see dad 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 yeah. and we know to us who the bad guy is we don't want to be with the bad guy but we get everything that's going on fine uh, so you're, you're probably making her life miserable oh <laughs> so oh, oh. they oh. but but 
only and i'll say this is the truth you know um only in retaliation it was never we were never bad first eventually we would just be like fuck it and got there but we were treated so poorly that they but they started working things out so my dad decides they're going to get back together again Mm. to work things out for the family Mm. so within a year they decide to do this so now we all move back into a new house and it's so strange what you remember. Like I, that old dude, his house had a smell. Of course. And I remember that smell vividly. Yeah. And in seventh grade, when we move into this house, my mom and dad are supposed to be working on stuff. And I remember, and I told her the story when we sat down, my dad said, Hey, you know, we'll bring some toilet paper home or something. And she brought toilet paper home. That was not with his smell. But not yeah. But it wasn't even in like the Charmin pack. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like one of those individually b- yeah. four packs. And I smelled it. And I said, Dad, she's still seeing that old man. Oh. And he was like, how do you know? And I was like, this toilet paper's from his house. I fucking remember the smell of that guy's house. Uh. So I asked her about that. I said, I know you don't remember this incident, but were you seeing him then? She said, yeah, I was. And so what happens with your dad when you tell him that? So obviously things go downhill very quickly and by, I think, I think in Maryland, the law, I'm not sure. I'm again, I'm a kid at the time, but I think you have to be separated for a year before you can get a divorce legally. I think it's that you're like 12, 13 at that point. Yeah, exactly. And that must've been good. You know, my fastball is just getting stronger (laughs) and you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm ready to go. (laughs) And, um, my, my mom decides she's going to move out. So she leaves and my dad is now raising his boys and working double shifts and, you know, doing all this stuff. And my mom is still seeing my younger brother. And I'm imagine, I'm imagining you guys want to be with that at that point. My younger brother's really torn. My mom was not a good mom to him either, but she did not. He felt bad. Yeah. Got it. But my twin brother and I were like, yeah, dad all day. Yeah. All day. And not only because he's dad and we're boys, but you've been treating him like shit. And it is apparent to us that everyone in the family is like, hey, this shit is not the right thing to do. So um, we're now living with my dad and he ends up, um, this is 10th grade, I'm 16. He's having some trouble. And I still, to this day, it just bothers me. I wish I could ask. But- no, both my brother and I drove at the same time. And he said, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. I'd like you to drive me. And I was like, okay. I was just stoked to drive and get out of school. He never said, why didn't you ask Derek, you know? So we stop and pick up my grandmom, his mom on the way down. We get there and um, the doctors tell him, you're having a heart attack right now. And we're right next to Hopkins. And they call over, bring him over. So we go over. And everybody, I told this story and everybody likes to shit on me on the podcast for this, but, um, I'm driving, (laughs) I'm driving my dad who's having a heart attack, just like three blocks around, you know, to this hospital. And I go, he goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm making a left right here. And he goes, it's not this left. It's the next left. I'm 16 and I'm a fucking bullheaded idiot. I'm like, dad, it's this left. He's like, it's not this left. It's the next. I grew up in this city. It's the next left. I'm like, dad it's this left he's like it's not this left i'm like it is this left he goes okay go ahead this man's having a heart attack and said go ahead go ahead make the left and i'm saying as soon as i got oh as soon as i made the left i knew it was the wrong fucking (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's just like, God dang, he's beating on the dashboard. My grandmother's in the backyard. I'm new to driving. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know what I, I got to go around the block again. They're waiting for him out front. We get him in, hustle him in. Everybody likes to say, I killed my dad. And, um, did he die that hard? No, 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 no. He did not. He did not. Thank God. Um, could have. Could well, have. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> so he's now in ICU. I call my brothers. You know, we tell them what happened. I'm down there. This is late 70s now? This is, no, no, no. This is 89. Oh. This is 89. I'm born in 73. This is 89. And, um, you know, he is released from the hospital. They apparently tell him he has a clot, but he's released. And it was Thanksgiving weekend. We spent the weekend at my aunt's in the city because we just didn't want to travel too far right away. Then we drive back out to our place and we're having a, we're off that Monday because uh, it's still a holiday weekend. And my dad's in the kitchen. He's, you know, he's cleaning up some stuff and we're just talking about like the life changes that are going to be happening, moving forward with this heart attack. Like just, I don't need to be stressed out. Right. I don't need any of this shit right now. So the crazy part of all this is, is let me back up just a little bit. My mom and dad go to court for custody of the kids. And I don't go because I've been the black sheep. I've been the one that's been beaten. You know, you're a piece of shit. You're a loser. You'll never buy it. Whatever. I already, my mom's made it clear at that time how she felt about me. I don't need to go to court to hear about it, you know? And uh, they go to court and my dad brings his mom, my grandmom and her sister, Aunt Marguerite, roll in with both my brothers and then my mom and some whoever on her side. And they have a, a female judge. And she says to my father, you know, what, what do you want? He's like, I want my kids. I want all my kids. But if you're just going to give them to their mother because she's their mother, then I think it's best that they're all together. I think the most important thing is that we, we keep them together, whether they're with me or not. I don't yeah. want to split them up. I don't think that's right. She's like, okay, ask my mom. And my mom says, I want my youngest, my oldest, technically my oldest, my twin brother can come with me if he wants, but I don't want Ryan. And this lady was so disturbed by that. The, the judge? Mm -hmm. Yeah that she told my mom in all my years, I've never one time heard a mom say, I don't want my children. Mm -hmm. And 1989, this lady gives my dad full custody and tells my mom, you're paying him child support. Of, of you or of all three? All three, mm -hmm. in 1989. Yeah. So now, boom, it's done. They come home from court, they tell me about this shit. Awesome. Now we're with dad. And, not well that was probably the summer so yeah like six months later um he's laying down watching tv i go to bed around midnight i stop i turn around it's always different when somebody dies you don't realize it i turn around i just look at him i look at him and i go to bed and i wake up and my younger brother had gone to the bathroom and walked by his room and saw him laying weirdly on his bed and he uh he was dead he had died but we didn't know what was going on and uh, you know i'm we're looking at his body and you've probably seen it but I, we didn't know that if when you die the blood settles at the bottom so literally you could put a horizontal line through somebody and you could see the fleshy tone and the wine color in the skin and we were just like Phew. i mean this is just devastating i close his eyes we call his brother, my uncle. He's been dead for a little while. 
dead for a little while yeah. wondering if he yelled wondering if no, anything no, you no, know no, 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 well no. when you're 16 you wonder everything yeah, yeah, yeah. you know did he call for help did he anything nah, yeah. but the weird thing that comes crazy full circle later is there was a little bit of blood on his toe which is so fucking weird because you don't normally see from what they said that from a heart attack necessarily blood on his toe what mm-hmm. do you mean it was a drop like dro- blood had come out of his mouth on and dripped on his big toe Wait, so, I don't, how how was he positioned how would he get from his mouth to his toe? So the way this is what we think happened. He was probably experiencing some kind of chest pain. He went to his bed. He sat down on the edge of the oh. bed, like the side where your pillows are up here. Yeah, yeah. And then because his legs were still a little out and he flopped back. And that's when we're thinking he went out that way. I, I suppose it's possible. I don't know. It's hard to CSI me right now. It's hard to it. make much of that blood drop. But, but maybe he had a seizure and bit his lip and then went back. It's a good call. Yeah. But I wonder if this, so weirdly later, I, during my shit with my daughter's mother and all the health stuff I went through, I had kidney stones. Next thing I know, both my legs are clotting. Next thing I know, they're checking me for leukemia, lymphoma, Mm -hmm. scaring the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And um, it turns out I have um, lupus anticoagulant or something. God, you're scaring all those names. No, I have um, Factor Five Lighten. Oh, yeah. You know Factor Five? Oh, of, course, of course. I got to wear pantyhose when I fly yeah, and yeah. shit. You know, I'm fucking running up and down the aisles mm-hmm. with my compression pants. Taking aspirin and whatever. Yeah, I take aspirin. Yeah. Um, and I start talking to these doctors, and they're like, well, this is hereditary. Everyone in your family needs to get checked. Right. No one has it, just me. So, and I have it from one parent, and I have it from my father. Mm-hmm. So they start talking to me about this heart attack at 42, and they mm-hmm. tell me that. Technology is in such a different place than 1989. And a lot of times back then, if you were young, they ruled it a heart attack. But there's a really good chance that that clot is what caused his official cause of death and not the heart attack. So he's a pulmonary embolus and not a... And, and that, a pulmonary embolus, you do cough up blood. Kaboom. Yeah. How so about that? Yeah, Ghost coming back to haunt me could how be. many years later. Good thinking. Thank you, Dr. Drew. I appreciate that. No years of medical school. No, well done. Zero. Well done. Not even a semester. I did take um, human so anatomy and physiology. The, the thing is that when you, when you cough up after a, a blood after a pulmonary embolus, it's usually like a blob, not a little like dot. A, like a clot. Yeah. Yeah. And this was like a little dot? It wasn't a dot, but I can't say it was a glob because there was so much and other shit going on. I was saying maybe there was stuff on the carpet It could have been. There was, yeah. you know, okay. we heard them, the noises. I, we didn't know if he's, we're going and getting the guy next door. Like, it was just chaos, chaos. Um, and then they come to the home, and he's dead for a while, so the ambulance doesn't take him. Now we got to wait for the coroner to come, which you don't, and you're like, we're just sitting in this house with our dead dad. And everyone's coming in. It's got the news now. And we're just, we're zombies. So um, they ask us to step outside while they put him in a bag and carry him out. And I peek through the curtain and watch that. And uh, yeah, I know. Right. And um, I got a good five, six minutes on it though. Dr. I got a gun pushing ten on it, you know. All right. Uh, so uh, they, where, where did comedy get into this whole thing? Other than we're making we're great, exactly great, what it all is. Great use of a body bag. What else we got? Uh, was comedy already a part of your thing? Yeah, that was all my dad. That was all my dad. The com- just entertaining the family, making people laugh, doing characters, all that stuff was all from my dad. This is all, I mean, this is everything's childhood. Everything. But, of course. But from your dad, you mean you, you, he was that way. You were watching that. You inherited some of that. 
And you used it to kind of get through all this chaos and stuff. All the above, misery. yeah. My dad was very funny. My dad also introduced me to Richard Pryor and George Carlin and Eddie Murphy and Saturday Night Live Got and it. just on and on and on, um, not even knowing really what he was doing. But now you're 16 and you're three boys alone, or did mom take over or what? So, uh, no, mom does not take over. So um, at the because time- Because you wouldn't allow it? No, I, I think again. I'm 16. There's a lot of shit that was going on, and so I think that there was grandma and the aunt come in. So grandma comes yeah, out yeah. and stays with us at the house from the time he passes, and then it was February. I remember exactly, and then that's when the decision came: Do we go live with her? You know, she's right by the city, and, and move out of the high school we're in, where all of our friends are. We don't have parents. The only thing we have is our friends, right. or do we go live in this two bedroom apartment, one of which the three of us share uh, and stay in our high school with our mom? And that was what we decided to do because there was no way we were about to start a new school when this shit goes down. We've been we've known these people since. And did you, know, you pro properly school. torture your mom when you got there? No. What? Um, you were a good boy. Was not a good boy. Okay, you but tortured your mom. Good. My mom did. We did torture her. Okay. But the, right. my mom did the right thing and the best thing. Even though now I, it was fucked up at the time, but I look at it and my mom left us. My mom left us alone. She went to her boyfriend's house a lot and stayed Monday to Saturday. Jesus. And she would come home on Sunday, do laundry, and bounce. And we were Jesus. left to fend for ourselves after all that. And. We always thought, like, what a horrible fuck. Our dad just died. Like, here's an, an opportunity again to start over and again and again and again. And never seeing that or, or embracing that. So, Are you sure that wasn't, like, a few weeks that she did that? Or that was just forever she did that? The entire time we lived there. Uh, and you're both, your brothers have the same memory. Not only do they have the same memory, every kid, uh, parents really liked us and uh. felt for us and let their kids spend the night during the week because we all would be in school. We all did well. And they all remember it. So it's, they, they'd let you stand at their house. I'm still, yeah. no, they, no, no. <laughs> they would let their kids stay at our place. That does not make any sense. Well, they did. And they're all parents think, now. And think I about say, that. Hey, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, hey, think back to more. And they go, fuck. No, they don't even, I don't even have to ask the court. Would you let your yeah. kids fuck? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So good. But 3.0 students never miss school. Good. There every day. And I told my mom that. And the, the more important thing for us was we're not going to make our father look like a piece of shit. And we're not going to be statistics. And we were raised how, right. We're going to do the How right did thing. you end up getting back in touch with your mom after all this time? Um, at my younger brother was turning 40. It was a surprise party. I was in Baltimore doing shows. I helped set it up and I knew I would see her there. And at that point, oh. I'd already had my daughter and she had we had still not talked. Mm. And when I walked in, I just decided to take the high road. And I said, I walked up to her and said, would you like to see pictures of your granddaughter? And then she just started bawling. Mm. And we sat down after I got my crab cake. <laughs> and then we fucking started talking and reconnecting. Are you going to go back and do some more? Do some more what? talking with her i have oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. i mean i've gone so um you know i've been back I, I go back every year but now she pick us up you know she'll take us around that that fucking guilt feels good i gotta tell you it pays <laughs> off in the end she sent my daughter a thanksgiving card i don't even know they fucking made thanksgiving cards <laughs> i was like where is that is that in the guilt section it's over there we're like thanksgiving arbor day cards and shit just general guilt <laughs> the general <laughs> yeah guilt just a general guilt <laughs> we should make a line of general guilt cards um oh, that's funny so, you know, I asked everything and, and I knew what I felt like I knew what she was doing with the I believe you, I don't remember. And I did all that. And, and then I that's when I brought up. I said, well, do you remember going to court and telling that judge you didn't want me? She goes, I remember that. I go, OK, well, let's just take that isolated moment. If you remember that, 
what the fuck makes you think the shit leading up to that was good? Yeah. If you're saying you don't want your son to the state of Maryland. Um, and that's when it really, that's, she was, she just said, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what I was thinking. And here's the other thing. My friend's mom was like a mom to me, Miss Sandy. And she has always been one of those moms. It's like, it's your mom. It's your mom. Like even my grandma, they all were just like, this is so against mother nature that they, even though they saw it and lived it, they still couldn't not say it's your mom. It's your mom. You know, that was always ingrained. But also my dad was always like, look, all women are not like this. Do not think women are like this. Look at the positive women in your life. Look at your grandmothers. Look at your friends, moms. That's do. Please don't think women are this way. This is, this is an anomaly over here. Really look at it this way. So I've tried to balance that unsuccessfully, mostly, but I still have tried to balance that. <laughs> Was your therapist a female or a male? I've had both. Okay. I've, I've had, <laughs> I've had a lot of them and I've had both. <laughs> what sends you to therapy? Well, I mean, look, I say this all the time too. Like you are the common denominator in all your shit. That's right. And if you're not working on at least your shit within the shit, then it ain't going to be shit. Okay. And it also can't just be you, but you got to show up and put the time in because, you know, it made me realize like, oh, I learned to argue. Oh, I yell when I argue sometimes because I was, I learned that. Someone Mm -hmm. taught me that. They didn't teach me conversation. Not only taught you, but it becomes sort of normative so you could go there very easily without having any sort of threshold experience. Like, that's just how we argue. What? What? I'm just having right. an argument. Isn't it? That's how you argue, right? Yeah. Or have conversation. Um, one therapist called it uh, organizing principles. Um, I've, you know, imprinting, I remember from this, the geese example back mm-hmm. in school, uh, all these things. And what I'm trying to do in every relationship in my life, whether it's personal, professional, whatever is find out my bullshit and then work on minimizing those mistakes as much as possible and try to whittle it down to get as close to zero as possible. I know I'm never going to hit that, but if I can keep getting less and less, I'll be on. And I have over the years. Um, and having a daughter has really helped chill me out, which I know it would. Cause I was around all boys, cousins, everything is mm-hmm. testosterone everywhere. Mm-hmm. Run, 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 wrestle, 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 wrestle. <laughs> So this is uh, this has been awesome. You're, is honeydew figuring into healing in some way? Man, yeah. that's a great question, and the answer is yes. Because even though I had, it's it's put a lot of things in perspective. I had a really fucked up life and upbringing, and I've sat across from people who've told me some shit that's really made me think what the fuck am I complaining about? Right. You know? And right. I'm like, wow. So I realize, and I, I mean, I always know it could always be worse, but when you actually sit in front of it and hear it and feel it, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, man, I, I'm, I might've got a little bit lucky on that. You know, at least I had one parent that gave a shit about me and, and did it for as long as he did, you and, know? And, and you've managed to do a lot of healing. Yeah, I'm still you know working I mean? on that, of but course. I have, I have, it's an injury, you know, it's an yeah. injury. And so it's always going to be a little limp or whatever. But it, you've had some sort of motivation or insight or ability to go after it a bit. Yeah, I've, is, I've needed to good, and wanted yeah. to, yeah, for sure. Now, let's get on with our show. Well, let's uh, switch gears. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's go to a couple of voice messages, can we? And let's uh, talk, see what you guys have lined up for us. We're, 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 you've seen this show, so, oh, you, I'm so ready, I'll have Dr. my hands Drew. over my face soon enough. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Drew. I'm a man for the last seven years who has dealt with bulimia 
uh, on and off again. And due to stress lately, it's come back. And I've been trying to manage it myself. Am I just being self-delusional, thinking I can I can manage this myself? And should I go get therapy again? Is there any chance I would be able to handle this myself? Thanks. Keep it high and tight. <laughs> Keep it high and tight. <laughs> Keep it high and tight. That's the G's up. Uh, we love you. Well done. Um, hard for me to say. The easy answer is yes. You're being you're being silly. You should get help. It's it's a much like a relapse of alcoholism or anything else, you need other people to help you manage it. He said bulimia, correct? It's bulimia. And, and, it, and eating disorders are function similar to addictions in terms of how, how you use them to regulate emotions and how people get better from them. You need other people to help you regulate. What percentage of men versus women are bulimic? Very unusual male bulimia. It There's is. more of it okay. these days than there used to be, but it usually suggests a more serious traumatic heritage and more serious eating disorder. And which is the other reason I'm saying, yeah, I mean, I don't know what treatment you've had. I don't know what kind of strategies you've used in the past that could work for you now. My just basic instinct is you got to you gotta reach out to somebody. Even if it's somebody who's treated you in the past or if there's been any support groups you've had a part of, just, just reach out. and You don't have to go admit yourself to a hospital again, but you need other people. Let's try another one. What do you got? Hey, uh, Dr. Drew. Uh, my name's Austin. I'm turning 25 in May here pretty soon. And I've got a pretty weird problem. Um, I, my hygiene is great. I mean, every day I shower, wash myself, all that good shit. But uh, when I sleep, I smell like raw sewage. I, I don't know what it is. My girlfriend's noticed, and I've always noticed. But uh, every time I go to bed, it's not even really a sweaty thing. But I always wake up and the entire room smells like somebody shit under the bed and just hiding it for a while. If you have an answer for that, that'd be great. Thanks. I'm guessing that's that's methane, that's gas. That's actually I think somebody actually did shit under the bed maybe and there's, there's a, a bigger problem. Something. Yeah, there could be, but uh try some metamucil. See if that doesn't take care of it. Stop some eating absorbable. Yeah, some non-absorbable uh, bulk might help. Here's one for you, Ryan. Uh it's called Good Morning Julia. My oh, problem yeah, is after my husband and I have sex, he falls asleep immediately, even if he's just woken up. However, I get energy. I feel like I just did a, a bump and I stay awake for hours. You can imagine how frustrating and hard this is. Uh, is there a reason why we have some different physical responses to sex or a way to change it? She goes up, he goes to sleep. I mean, isn't that pretty much biological, isn't that it? That is biological. I mean, that is not, normal. I don't, I don't, that's 100% that is, normal. It is, it is 100% <laughs> normal. Women get a, a noradrenergic surge. Men get a serotonergic surge. So women get stimulant. Men get sleep and hungry. That's the other thing, yeah, sleep oh, and I hungry. Get, I do. Yeah, okay. Uh, good. That is normal and, to get and, hungry and like women, that. Women, that's why some guys like to have sex at night before they go to bed. Women, like that's disruptive Nighttime. to their sleep. They can't go to sleep. Well, I'll have sex with so, you. I'll bring a mini tramp. Huh? They can exercise. Well, oh, I see yeah, a trampoline. Just, yeah, oh, just nice. get working out. Okay. Uh, I've had a weird phenomenon lately. Uh, I randomly get super nauseous so much that I'll run to the bathroom to puke. But then it turns just out that I just have to sneeze and it goes away. It's called puke sneezes is the title to this. This has happened several times. I actually threw up once from it. I have pretty much constant allergies. I live in Oklahoma. I'm not pregnant, but could it be hormonal? I'm using an IUD. Could it be related? No, I don't think this is hormonal. I don't think. It is weird. She feels like she wants to vomit, and then she sneezes. Okay. So, so one, one, it's, what's the matter, right? You don't like this show? 
first of all, so, sneezes feel fantastic. So they do. the fact that you get that nauseous, watery mouth, like well, shit, but the payoff is a sneeze, I'll trade that any fucking oh, day. All right. As opposed to throwing up. Yeah, power so, vomiting. So sneezing happens when the vessels dilate in the, in the what's called the Kieselbox plexus. In the, in the oh, yeah, the Kieselbox plexus. Yeah, and, yeah. and that can happen from like sexual arousal. It can also happen from nausea and near vomiting, right? You get a, And then the sneezing, I don't know why the sneezing would relieve, relieve the nausea. So there's I, no vomit, it's not sneeze vomit? I'm more concerned why she's nauseous periodically. I guess that could be the IUD. I mean, people do get weird, weird... If it's a progesterone impregnated IUD, people do get weird side effects from that. But uh, I definitely would talk to a doctor about the nausea. The, the sneezing kind of makes sense to me. Um, recently, my <laughs> girlfriend revealed that she has an orgasm during sex only. That after she has an orgasm during sex, her face, hands, and arms are completely numb, sometimes for up to 10 minutes. I'm a fourth-year medical student. I've told her that is a very common occurrence, but she does not hyperventilate. Ah, good for him. Stays hydrated, has no history of cardiac or nerve problems, no neuropathy, blah, blah, blah. I think this is hypocalcemic tetany, no. Or related to her pH level, no. It only happens during sex when she's not alone. She's having a lot of anxiety about it now. We're both massive fans of the show. Please help. Keep your jeans high and tight. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, so, um, I'd say tell her to put them up in shadow box till she gets a little feeling better. Right. Them, so, uh, here's the deal. Um, People do get post-orgasmic uh, numbness and tingling. They just do, and it's just part of the. So, sometimes during intense orgasm, particularly for women, though? get it. face. Yeah, why? Well, usually, in my <laughs> experience, it's people that are hyperventilating. He's right to have thought about that. And by the way, she doesn't have to hyperventilate much. Sometimes it's just the, just a, just enough. The arousal itself will cause it. Uh, it's I've heard this commonly, and it's never been associated with any real pathology. I'd be so flattered if I put a woman in that That's kind of exactly state. Exactly right. Thank you. So. Um, so good job. It's what, way to bring your A game. Yeah, it's what uh, Jeff, your people call a mitzvah, according to Ryan. <laughs> let's get let's get another uh, voice message in here. <clears throat> hey, Doctor Drew, it's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, first off, me, beat me, home here now. I just had anal sex for the first time with my boyfriend. He's a really cool guy. Just wondering if that will open up that cavern so to speak for a couple of days as i've been having a lot of loose stool and i'm just wondering when that is going to go back to normal or if it's not related thanks um i guess it could be related uh by the way that'll give you numbness of the hands and feet sort <laughs> of that that'd be tough to wipe that. you know tough to uh, wipe that loose yeah. stool uh and it also i sort of I've heard of people being less constipated after anal sex, but I'm not familiar with loose stool per se, though it makes sense you could have some loosening of stool, I suppose. But I guess also if he was a monster, he right. would probably loosen you up. I for suppose. A of days. And, and it's sort of irritating to the rectal tissue, so it makes sense to me. Again, again, I'm just generally advising bulk today, it seems like. Well, the thing I've learned about some brand. Uh, anal sex from porn is it's not about what you ate today, it's about what you ate yesterday. That's right. So remember that everybody and and the the porn uh, uh, performers I've talked to always say they do lots of enemas and stuff before they engage in that stuff. So yeah, they know what they're getting into that. Uh, literally, been listening to you since the early days of Loveline. Uh, thank you for what you do. I have a new phenomenon happening with a new woman I'm dating. I am put off by her general baseline smell. She doesn't smell unclean or anything. Uh, it's just her day to day scent. It seems like such a minor thing, but it really throws me off, especially sexually. 
interesting, right? It's almost like that old guy that uh, brought the Charmin home. <laughs> it might just be her fabric softener. You yeah, just right. ask her if she's using bounce or something new, maybe uh, some gain or something. I like this girl. She's fun and intelligent, but I don't think I can keep it going because of the smell thing. What is it about the smell? Is it pheromones? Yeah. Um, can we consciously smell those? <laughs> Any advice will connect well on a lot of other levels. So I want to be kind when I break it off. It seems like really shitty to tell a person. No, no, do not tell Hurry. I don't like how you smell. Yeah, you got to make something else up. Um, but but assume that the smell is at least a biological. I mean, people have biological matching of certain types, and we we are attracted to certain kinds of people. We're attracted to certain pheromones, as you said, and and the smell can be a sign of certain um, fertility issues and immunological issues. Really? And and matching of some types, potentially, yeah. That manifests so, in scent? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what the whole pheromone thing is supposedly about. But I, I would say I would listen to it, I, sources of attraction that are deep and profound, like sense of smell. Now, what you might do, one thing that does happen very commonly, is people can start off with an awareness of a smell that they just become used to. In other words, that just becomes her smell, and your brain will adjust to it. And you no and, longer smell it. And you never it. smell it, per se. Or Vicks VapoRub right yeah. here on your nostrils. Oh, just, like, just like in, in Jaws. Yeah. Like what uh, That's exactly Richard right. Dreyfus did. You got, you got to see you love her. that. Huh? I mean, if you love her, you know, <laughs> little Vicks. But, but may, I would give it a few months, though, before I wouldn't give it Yeah, weeks. don't throw yeah, away. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm a 27-year-old male ever since my now fiancé and I began having sex on a regular basis, three to five days a week. Five years ago, I began to have wet dreams on a consistent basis. During times that I go three to four days without ejaculating, more often than not, I have a wet dream. This was not all the case when I was 15 to 22. Before we got together, is this normal? When searching the internet, I see that sexual abstinence is a common cause for this for men of my age, but is the frequency high? Began to have wet dreams on a consistent basis. He didn't say more often than not. I mean, almost every night when he's not having sex with his girlfriend. Um, Twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-seven. Well, he said five years ago, though, right? Uh, th- uh, be- ever since my began five years ago, but but he starts having wet dreams when they go three to four days without having sex. At twenty-seven, sex. that's really late, isn't it? What happens is sexual activity can get your body and your testosterone levels up, and so see you know it, sexual you know ejaculating you know having garous- uh, having orgasm for a male has sort of a thing where it raises testosterone and raises arousal and then it can go down the other sleep side. and hunger sleep yeah, and hunger if you do if you do too much of it but obviously his body has gotten adjusted to this and it's gonna. God's going to take it out if you don't uh, take it out yourself. See, I've learned that from our podcast of listening to guys come on. And I was masturbating early, so I only had two wet dreams. And I remember thinking this was bullshit because we were pulled into a classroom and told all about this magic shit that was going to happen. And it was just like in the middle of the night, I was like, this is disgusting. I had to get up and clean myself. God God will take it out if you don't do it yourself. But guys that didn't masturbate until later said they would have a like where they wouldn't spend the night at people's homes because they would have a wet dream. Yes, this stuff. I had no idea. the thing about male sexuality it comes out it's fucking great mother nature something else my name is ivan i live in argentina can herpes exist inside a women's asshole (laughs) is there something lost in the translation (laughs) listen man herpes is like roaches okay exist everywhere anywhere you can be herpes can be because i thought it was a penis vagina interaction only but shit just got itchy and i'm doing great i think there's a translation problem here but yeah i mean it can be on the external skin too and it can be in the mouth uh, so uh, I imagine it can. I've never seen. I've seen it around the anus, but I've never seen it inside. Up in, you, you've looked. Uh, 
Yeah, I've done lots of patients. Up in there for her? Uh, I've never seen inside. I've seen it around the anus. And by the way, and so it's possible that she had just sort of a, had had a sore, but is still producing virus and you can't see anything. So the virus can be produced whether you see something or not. <laughs> so yes. It's dangerous sex, out there, guys. Anal sex, because obviously wherever the, let's say whoever is going in that entrance, wherever there's contact, there can be herpes. So if, if that amazing. person has it. So if you don't jerk off, Mother Nature will do it for you. God, and God will. Okay, we'll go specific. Yeah, God, yeah. God will give you a hand job. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big time fan of the podcast, longtime enthusiast of keeping jeans high and tight. <laughs> I was recalling an episode back where you said that it's hard for some couples to stay sexually active if they're not on the same sex schedule or something to that effect. My girlfriend and I have just hit our two year mark, and ever since moving in together 10 months ago, our sex life has decreased once, maybe once, twice a week. Twice a week, by the way, is, is average. I was going to say, man, if you're out there doing shit, twice a week's good. Right. It's good. Uh, I brought this to the, her attention on two separate occasions to explain my opinion and seriousness on the matter. During those times, I've been, I included that I felt that my quick trigger was caused by the lapse in sex I'm having. And she may not care about the quick trigger, by the way. She may like that. It's surprising how much women are just like actually flattered by that. Men are very worried about having, you know, jacked in too quickly. But some women are like... Glad we got that out of the way. I got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> she seemed understanding and then after two weeks of continuous sex, she reverted back to the old routine, right? Since she constantly turns me down for sex, which in turn makes me not want to ask, just slap the salami, blah, blah, blah. Am I wrong? Do I want more sex? I'm 25. She's 28. All right. This is a really common problem, which is mismatched sexual desire, which is they're having average sex, which is twice a week. He seems to want four or five times a week. That's his rhythm. Hers is tw- we reverted to her rhythm. And it, I, women, particularly young women, don't appreciate how much um, turning a man down for sex can be deeply hurt them. I mean, because we, we experience intimacy as men through sexuality and to be rejecting, you know, it, it, they, you've chosen this one part to help you manage this powerful biology you're having to deal with. And it's something that you experience as this thing you need her for and you experience your intimacy with her f- through that and she's just blowing you off. That's deeply, deeply. Oh, I feel it when yeah. you're saying it. It's yeah. so well it, said. It, it, it hurts men more than women realize because then women is just like, yeah, it's just, you know, no, 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 no. You have to pay attention to your male partner. Now, don't you don't have to have it at the same rate that he wants it, but you have to kind of compromise. And twice a week is your rate. Five times a week is his rate. Let's see if we can get three in there. Get three just and a half. Three job. and a half. Yeah. Just to kind of work it out and realize that it's part of just keeping the relationship healthy. And, um, I don't know what else to say than that. I'm healthy, active, 26-year-old male from the Bay Area. Hoping I get some insight into why I become sexually aroused from my own body odor. It typically is most arousing when it's fresh, but sometimes after a workout, I get a whiff of my armpit and turn into a telescope. Um, sometimes... <laughs> Yeah, in your mom's house, that just means that he, you know, get an erection. I can, I understand the imagery. Coit Tower. We'll go, we'll call it Coit Tower since he's from San Francisco. Uh, sometimes women bo will turn me on, but nothing gets me quite like my own scent. Love the show. Thanks for the advice. Oh, the advice, namely, not to prolapse my anus. Uh, thank you. Uh, untitled. Uh, stay united. What's that reference to? I don't know what that is. I don't know. I, I don't oh, know. that's uh, that's another guy um, who has a lung infection that that sings. Uh, staying alive, but it sounds like he's saying <laughs> And he's coughing a lot? Uh, yeah, actually, I think you have seen I think the I video have, before. I think I have, I think too. you did diagnose him. Yeah, his teeth, like something. tuberculosis. Yeah, his yeah. his oh. teeth aren't exactly great, right? As right, I recall. Yep, you know exactly <laughs> yes. what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, 
Hey. Oh, God. So, um... <laughs> Uh, I don't, I do, you know, uh, body odor is a source of pheromones. Why your own would do it. Have you uh, ever heard that before? No, I've not heard that before. How, but... well, how much shit on this show is it the first time you've ever heard? Remarkable. <laughs> a, a remarkable bit. I, I, I feel, oh, there he is. There's my friend. There's oh, there he is. There he is. Kill, oh, let's get yeah, a minute man. of men here. Let's go. <laughs> Baby no accident he's in the desert right it's it just it's just like that is desert rat man the sands of morocco and that's a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease that is copd everybody that's what cigarette will do to you notice the skin listen to the listen to the uh he's dulcet tones and he's 42 years old <laughs> and so you think he's already got his fucking toe tag around his neck yeah I was wondering he's ready to go oh man okay uh man look at the length of this one yeah uh i i i'm uh, we got some we got some more voice all right give me a voice message I, I'm that's a two-pager over there uh, I'm, I'm good and properly ashamed it's all good ryan it's all good here we hey, go hey dr drew my name is jenna i live in los angeles i just finished watching the documentary american circumcision and i was wondering if you thought that there was any correlation between the violence in men and you know, having their genitals severed when they were chill, like babies. Your thoughts are very much appreciated. Thank you. Love you. Love your show. I've been listening since Love Line, so big fan. Love thank you. And thank you for the good question, and thank you for thinking about these that things. That is a good question, actually. Zero. Zero. Zero correlation. I mean, think about cultures where there's no circumcision. There's plenty of male violence. Yeah, but you're right. Male violence that. is not related to circumcision. It's not tied to my foreskin. You, you want to make a male violent, beat them up when they're a kid. Uh, to give them a little bit of slapping around and very quickly they become violent. It's like literally, if you wanted to make a puppy a violent dog, what the hell do you think you do? You right. circumcise the dog and make a, give a shit? No. But uh, you you beat that dog up a little bit and he'll be start biting you very, very quickly. Uh, let's get another another uh, voice message in here. Hey, Dr. Drew, Daddy. This is uh, Daddy. Big Daddy, Daddy Bo. My <laughs> issue is when I was little, mm-hmm. my parents divorced. Mm-hmm. And they made me choose between either my mom or dad. Mm -hmm. And now I've noticed as I'm an adult, I have a really hard time making important life decisions. Oh, isn't that something? Um, Especially when it comes to my girlfriend, I can't break up with her. or I can't decide whether or not I want to be with her or not. Yeah. Uh, If you could uh, tell me if that's related or not, I appreciate Uh, it. it, it, Thank you, Dr. Drew, Daddy. All right, buddy, Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bro dad um i can't say for sure that it is that but it does it does sort of ring true doesn't I, it? it makes sense to me yeah it rings 100%. true and and probably sucks at restaurants too just picking what he wants to eat right he's one of those pain in the ass guys yeah like fuck <sighs> i don't know <laughs> if i get pizza are you gonna stay mom i'm sorry i'm sorry but but that it sounds like a problem that would be really tough to treat, doesn't it? I mean, think about how ingrained that kind of thing would be. And it's not, he's not saying I have certain feelings or I'm re-evoked by it or I'm traumatized by it. He just can't manage to see. So it's almost like he needs like exposure therapy. Like, you know what I mean? That it's a hell of a thing to put on a kid. Oh my it's God. It's a hell of yes. a thing to put on a but, kid. But there are people that specialize in OCD treatment and anxiety treatments that do exposure therapies. And I, I bet you this is the kind of thing that would respond to that. So it's almost like a phobia. So... All right. What else you got there? Uh, Mark. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, Mark. 
I got these fucking blackheads and little like cyst type things around my penis, uh, around my waist. Oh, waist! And near uh, my taint region. Oh, well, uh, of course, I am a uh, overweight male, but I've had them ever since I was in high school. It doesn't matter how much I scrub or yeah. try to wash them every day. It's just, they just still. I just still get these little blackheads and these little whiteheads ingrown hairs. Is there some type of medicational lotion or do I have to go to a dermatologist for this? Uh, you're probably way too overqualified for this question. But no, no. no it's I was just thinking about it. Let's go see your Andy Dick episode. Uh, uh, have a good one. Uh, I'm glad Andy, Andy inspired. Maybe I love this, that this... you're not overqualified to talk about taints, Dr. No, Drew. The slide whistle may have inspired this guy. A um, couple things. Uh, I doubt those are actual blackheads. Um, they're probably... Some sort of skin tag. I was going to ask, yeah. Okay, so that needs to be dealt with by a dermatologist. But there also are this thing called recurrent furunculosis, which is sort of like recurrent hair follicle, a folliculitis also. That the, and, and that is uh, caused by a bacterial overgrowth, and that is something that probably should be treated by a dermatologist because they can be rather intense. And that's different than four dice spot, uh, spots which are these little black things that can come around your penis. and that you Oh, that's up, what you were... Look up four dice spots. F-O-R-D-Y-C-E. Four dice. No, I don't want to see my calendar. There we go. Four dice. And we can we can educate Ryan when he's looking around. See if yeah, I'm going to go. See if he spots Explore these. There you that. go. Okay. Does everyone lips? have these? No, that's on the lips. No, 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 no. No. What is this? What does it go back up? Up, up. Right. Four, right. Uh, so we put four dice, then penis. You're going to have to do that, I'm afraid. Well, not this. There you go. Uh, that, that looks like a ball bag. Yeah, that's not really that. Anyway, there's, there's, there they are on that left All one. All those things? Yeah, Click on that left more picture. in that zone. Uh, oh, that does not. Right? That's does, not an STD? No. And it looks kind of like, doesn't. I wonder if that was after laser treatment. Though. But they look kind of like, like blackheads, don't they? Chicken pox. Yeah, and day. so they're, they can take various forms and things. Oof. No, that's other stuff. Oh, we're getting down. We're getting Yeah, crazy. we're, we're going to gross everybody out here. Oh, man, you going to make me um, think I got every STD in the book and start looking at this shit. There's more like four-day spots. Uh, and that's normal stuff right there. Yeah, that's also might be folliculitis, too. So it's, it's hard. It's, again, that's why you have to see a dermatologist to sort these things out. But it sounds more like a bacterial overgrowth, and that stuff can get nasty and can abscess and stuff. So let's get another call in here. Let's do it. Come on now. Hey, Dr. Drew, this is Valerie. I wanted to know why is it that I do not feel as fulfilled masturbating when I don't have anything in my vagina versus when I do have something in my vagina? Um, to take note, I am uh, I'm able to fulfill myself with being an external stimulation, so vibrators, toys, what have you, yeah. but it doesn't do anything for me inside. So. Right. I don't understand. Help me out, please. So, Thanks. So she's saying she needs cl direct clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm, but it's sort of incomplete if she's not also stimulating her vagina, which is normal. I would just call that I would, normal. I would agree with that. That's yeah, normal. That's not anything to worry don't about. Don't be embarrassed about that. No, just fill it up and well, have what's, it. What's hard with... That's why they make them with two, you know? Got the rabbit and boom. Fill it up and have at. That's uh, the next Fill it up and have at. Yeah. Uh, fill her up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, it's good. Um, but I, I, women worry about themselves a lot because they share notes with their girlfriends and they note they're all a little different so they don't feel like, oh my, there must be something wrong with me because I'm not like Sally and I'm not like June. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah we're a lot just fucking animals. Like I'm, I'm fucking tying right. the goddamn pull start from the push That's, mower to the fucking thing. Exactly yeah. right. It's, but women are different. There's a wide spectrum of what is normal. Uh, like women that are multi-orgasmic think that women that have difficulty having orgasm or need direct stimulation are somehow lying or haven't quite figured it out yet. No, it's just a different biology. It's just different versions out there. 23-year-old female having trouble with memory loss. I take citalopram for panic uh, since I was a child. Ooh, and I wonder if it's causing the memory loss. Yes, the antidepressants. Well, butrin's more the one that causes memory loss more than others, but citalopram could. But how weird that you've been on it for years and years and years, now suddenly you're getting it. Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. When you say memory loss, does that, is it different than your, it's creating dementia? Well, that's, she has to. Or is she, that where it's on its it, way? It goes on. She's 23. Yeah, that's uh, I have a friend mentioned maybe memories affected by my brain's response to anxiety. Could my brain be hiding memories from me so I don't feel panic and anxiety? Yeah, I mean, panic and anxiety does affect memory formation, but so does citalopram. I, I, I don't know. I, I would just, I would go get a proper evaluation by a neurologist or a psychiatrist to see what this might be. I think it might be time to try off the medication for a while. Be careful. There's a withdrawal from citalopram can be very uncomfortable, sort of electric shock feeling through your forehead and back of your neck sometimes. Uh, so you have to come up very, very slowly. And um, yeah, I just worry about that. Dementia, you know, memory is a big feature of dementia. And, you know, when people age, they complain about memory stuff. And you, we, we refer, we were, you and I both alluded to it earlier in the show that, you know, memories, as we get older, older, we notice it. Most the memory loss that, that you have with aging initially is working memory. So you can't hold a lot of things in mind, you know, that's, but you can still learn new things fine. But pills like this actually wipe out memories? You just, just or just don't function. allow you to access that memory? Memory formation can be impaired. Uh, well, butrin's the one that's most, most associated with that. Let's get another voice message in here. Let's do that. Hey, Dr. Drew, this is David from Texas. I just turned 23, and when I was 13, I started smoking weed for the first time, and it's been ever since. Yeah. But here's the weird thing. Every time I smoke, I have to take a shit <laughs> every single time without fail, oh, wow. and most of the time it happens before I even smoke. It's like the anticipation. Right. A little backstory on me. I feel like it has something to do with anxiety or being nervous or something. It gets really bad, like going on dates and stuff with a girl and like we have to smoke and then I don't say anything and I just hold it. But whenever I was a kid, I used to have to shit or fart a lot whenever we'd be driving through storms, as, like with my parents. Storm and I'd get in up. trouble because I'd be <laughs> farting in the car and it'd be pouring down rain and all that. I've never met anybody else with the problem and I would love to know why it happens or maybe... All right. So, so he has irritable bowel syndrome, really. And, and his problem is he has excessive methane gas. There's actually a, a diet for that now. Uh, you can look it up. A diet for irritable bowel. It's called like the... Ah, shoot. I forget what the name of it is. <laughs> it's got an acronym like Food More, like F-O-D-M-O-R, something like that. Uh, look, look, just diet for... Uh, so many people diet. have problems shitting that uh, if marijuana IBS makes you IBS. shit regularly, then, you know... No, no, there's an IBS diet. He didn't even need to it? smoke it. He there said it is. he That's conditioned it. himself. I, I think, well... And I think he's right. I think it's the it's the anticipation. Food map. There it is. F O D M A P. That's it. Uh, check out that diet for irritable bowel. Also, some uh, non-absorbable uh, bulk, like again, Metamucil. This is Metamucil day today. Um, and uh, realize that it probably is the anticipatory arousal 
associated with the thought of going to get your drug of choice, pot, that causes the... I see. You probably salivate, you probably get... Heart rate goes up, and then you want to take a shit. That's your coffee. And that's your coffee. And it's all related to irritable bowel. And check out the food map diet. It's actually a really, really, really good diet. Uh, uh, If you avoid carbohydrates entirely, you'd also be in a decent shape with this diet. Yeah, it's called fermentable oligocolic... Fermentable oligosaccharide, disaccharide, monosaccharide, and polyols. That's what you want to avoid. Fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. So good times. Sorbitol, mannitol, fructose, that kind of stuff. You want to avoid it. So that's my show, Ryan. I love this. Did you have fun? I had did a you great have a good time. time? I, I, not only I, did I have a great time, I learned a lot. I, I And I learned about you too. I, I appreciate you being so clear and uh, open with your story. The, yeah, you're welcome. The story is uh, a compelling one and, and it's there's something sort of, um, I, I'm going to say a word that I don't know if you're going to like or dislike, but when you said that you're not, you haven't had it as bad as others, your story is weirdly, I experience it as weirdly homey, if that's a word that makes any sense to you, because it's just like a family story. It is definitely you know what a family I mean? and story. It, and it's dramatic, and there's some horrible stuff that happened. Yeah, it doesn't scatter out into drug abuse and no, you know, it's, living in shelters and things right, like that. Right, it's, it's yeah. about this one home that mm-hmm. you know it, it, somebody lived, somebody died, somebody left, somebody fucked up, uh, and these boys sort of persevered through it. Uh, yeah, I very sus- well said. I, I the Twitter sus- version. Yeah, but it, but it's it's there's something. Oh man, I've got weird language attached to it. Comforting to the fact that that you all made it uh, in spite of some tragedy. Yeah, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you ended up in comedy, so it wasn't all that good, right? Yeah, no <laughs> shit. No so, so, shit. So, but but the but it feels like um, it's the influence of your dad that pushed you through. No doubt, and my and, grandma. I, I you know family for sure and the uh and comedy was sort of a interesting survival technique it's right? been therapy a hundred percent survival more than therapy i think like, right. in, I like it. it's a little different right you, it you, is uh that's exactly why i do this podcast if you can sit and have you've dealt with it to the point where you can laugh yeah. about it that's what i it makes me appreciate comedians all over again because it's a rare breed of people that can really sit down and laugh at their darkness you know well, yeah, that's sort of the idea behind this podcast is uh, expose the dark side, laugh, and look at everybody else's dark side, and then just humans are humans. And, yeah. You know, it's an interesting – I'm interested in them in whatever flavor they come in. So, Brian, thank you. Appreciate Probably. you being here, and I'll get the honeydew thank in here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, thank you so much. I'll see you next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.